Good. Oh, buddy. Buddy, you look great, dude. Okay, thank you. All right, Michael. You look great, yeah. Hey, dude. Glenn, what's thank up, man? Much. Dude. Oh, thank you for having dude. me. Dude, thank you, you for coming me? on the show. I really appreciate it. I'm, like, super stoked. Man, when you told me, I was like, how can I pass this opportunity? I wanted to be here. Dude, I'm grateful you made it up safe. I'm really happy you uh, are able to be on the show, whether it be the amount of... I'm really, really, honestly, just really excited to hear your story, and I think everybody else will be uh, really stoked that I uh, brought you on today. Um, the main thing was I heard, and we'll get to Five Cent City eventually, but mm. I heard that's where I was first kind of introduced to you, yeah. and I was able to kind of, I was able to understand, hear your story a bit, and then there was many, many things, I think I have somewhere in my note thread, where I'm like, I want to ask this guy this and this and this, yeah. and there's just the timing never was right, and I was like, you know... You can't pick somebody's brain in that type of a scenario. Yeah. So I'm like, it's a good thing I have somewhere I can do that. I appreciate you waiting, so man. So here we are, dude. So I'm, uh, I'm really excited. So take me through kind of, I would typically start by finding out um, kind of time period about you from leaving high school to now. Okay. But I think we should back it up earlier. Okay. So yeah. tell me your story. Okay. Well, so from the moment... I was born, and me and my little brother were born, it started, just like everyone else. But the thing is, that story continued to carry on, in that specific chapter, if you want to say. Right. And the chapter I mean is that when we were born, we were diagnosed to a rare disease. And this disease was called IPEX syndrome. Now at the time, there was only 2 out of 50 cases worldwide. So we were 2 out of 50 cases. Come on. Worldwide, yes. And because of that, they had no clue to what to do with us. And there's no one to blame here, but we were told I wouldn't be able to walk, I wouldn't be able to talk, I wouldn't be able to eat, I shouldn't go to grade school, high school, shouldn't be around people. So the way I come about it yeah. is I want you to think of COVID, okay? okay? I want you to think of COVID right now, Gross. but times 20. Gross. And that was our life, me and my brother's life. In terms of like restrictions? Restrictions, isolation. Come on, dude. Yes. Yes. No. Yes. To the point of where I was that guy and me and my brother were that guy where we would go to school yeah. and they'd have to Lysol our desks. And then they'd have to, we'd have to wear masks sometimes because if someone else in the classroom was sick, they weren't sure if our immune system could fight it. So therefore, it was a risk to even go to school. Right, because there's so little yes. like, research or whatever yes. on it. Right? And so to go to the core of what the disease was, yeah. and the reason why I brought up COVID mm. was because... Our disease basically replicated that our immune system mm -hmm. wasn't functioning normally. Right. So if we got a cold or if we got a sickness, instead of our immune system actually fighting it, mm -hmm. we would actually hurt ourselves. Right. So it would be like a crisscross game where I would get a cold and that cold would multiply because my immune system wouldn't know what to do with it. And on top of this, we weren't taking care of ourselves either. Right. So during the time of having this disease... We were isolated all the time, so therefore, we didn't get out much, right? right? We also had other health issues that came across with this immune system issue mm -hmm. because our immune system was so weak, so it would actually create things like brain tumors, arthritis, epilepsy, um, chronic kidney disease, lung disease, pneumonia. I could, I could do probably yeah. 30, 30 or 40 different kinds of symptoms or issues that our bodies would actually replicate because of bad lifestyle factors and also yeah. because of our immune system already being weak and the environment we would be in, right? Whoa. And so with this, we were isolated. 
Right. And we were like how COVID is right now. Yeah. For me, for 18 years. Yeah. And for my little brother, 10 years. And the thing I didn't mention was actually my little brother passed away at 10 years old. Yeah. And when he passed away, that was my biggest loss and it mm -hmm. still is but it's turned into my biggest win nice and we'll get into it but it it's created such a lesson for me mm -hmm. that now that lesson is multiplied into multiple wins for not only myself but others around me right right and i truly believe that my little brother passing and having that yeah. disease and having that experience for 18 years and also my little brother for 10 mm. was necessary and I don't regret any second of it. Right. And I'm not shameful or guiltful about I wish my brother was here. I'm actually happy he's gone. As messed up as it sounds. Right. Because the reason why he needed to go is because I needed to see that. Right. And if I never saw my little brother pass away from that, I would have never changed myself. Wow. Interesting. Yes. So his life was almost teaching you or springboarding you into yes. kind of streamlining what you were yes. trying to accomplish so the, or what you yeah, need to be. exactly more aware i guess well the way i explain it is so you big fan of call of duty or any video game you know of it you i know, know it. i have played it i know of it you led with big fan that's on me hey i'm bro, sorry you're good not you're the good. biggest uh, as long as you know about it yeah okay often in these games you have a squad or yep. you have teammates right i'm with you the way i explain it is my little brother was my teammate mm -hmm. he was the only kid or person that I knew that had this disease, that had these issues. Yeah. So therefore, I was comfortable knowing that I had a co-op teammate beside me mm -hmm. that we could suffer together Whoa, yeah. and help ourselves out together. Now, the moment that he passed away mm -hmm. and I had to use the self-revive on myself rather mm -hmm. than him, right. that's when crap hit the fan. That's when I had to get more personal with myself Mm -hmm. And actually ask myself and get the right coaching and the right prepping and the right people in my life yeah. to guide me out of that hole that I believed I was only going to be in for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. But without Cam passing away yeah. and without me using that revive I was planning on giving him right. to myself, I don't think any of us would be here, me or him. Jeez. So it was either me or him. <coughs> and the way it's worked out is I know there's a reason why I'm here and he's mm. not from the experience, from what I'm doing now, and the things I created from that, and then also yeah. being able to have these wonderful people around me, yeah. and have the correct coaching, and the right guidance, right. And, you know, and so it goes back to that thing of everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. What I'm intrigued about, you say that, um, kind of at that 10 year period, right? How yeah. much, how, what's the difference of age between five? Three, five? Yeah. Okay. So you were, what, 15 then? When I you was passed? around 15, yeah. 16. Yeah. So at what point after that, like what, when you said he passed and you were able to kind of flip a switch, or sorry, a switch flip. No, I like that. And, and you can have it. It's I all like It's all yours. Like it's all flip yours. the switch. There we go. So yeah. when you were able to flip the switch, how are you, uh, what was kind of step one to figuring out like you r realized all these things that you need to put different type of like you need to put great people around you right like people who are just on it they know what they're doing they're whether they're like succeeding it or not like their brain is like focused they're driven right and they have all the right traits of like men and women that you want to be around yeah. right how'd you kind of go about building that community around yourself in order to kind of make the necessary steps to discovering where you uh definitely 
How'd it go? So, the, the answer I give that question is actually faith. Faith. Now, the reason why I say faith is because in my mind, yeah. and if I recall, I wasn't doing anything to deserve the amount of great people I had around me. In my power, I wasn't. Uh, What's interesting is connections led to connections, which then landed the helping hand from that. Now, I wouldn't say I took any action to have those people. Mm -hmm. I actually was blessed and fortunate enough to be given those people through my family. My, right. my parents and my aunt, they knew of my coach. Mm -hmm. And so my coach heard of me, and it just so happened that it would perfectly work out at that time that he could then come and see me. Right. But without that connection happening between my aunt and then her friend, my I call her my aunt, her name's right. Betty, and then that connection happening where they connected with Christian, right. that wouldn't have happened. It wasn't like I was on my phone and I was looking at life coaches. Yeah. I wasn't looking for people. I was actually planning to die. Yeah. I was planning to die up until I was 18 years old, and that was the time I met Christian, my coach. And up until I met Christian, my goal, or not even goal, my expectation was I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. So from the time my brother passed when I was 16... I mean, that's all you knew, right? That's, that's all I knew. Outcome, yeah. That's all I knew. For sure. And for the next three years, up until I was 18, I just believed, well, there goes my kidneys. There goes my lungs. Oh, I got a brain tumor now. Yeah. Oh, okay, I have pneumonia again. Hey, Jeez. this is my life. I literally yeah. accepted everything like, oh, this is it. This is fine. And then oh. when I was in high school, the doctors would tell me, well, you can do a bone marrow transplant to get rid of this disease, which is basically where they take the immune system yeah. and they basically give me some new blood cells. Dude, that sounds so painful. Like, I can't even wrap my head around that. Well, it's... Jeez, what was that like? I would say the biggest pain came actually from the mentality. How so? So, yes, there's injections. Yeah. There's IVs. There's tubes in your chest. You're on chemotherapy. You're isolated. Yeah. You only see four walls for about six months straight. The only people who can see you is your parents. You're in jail. Then, yeah, then on top of that, you're on your phone in a bed, isolated, where you're watching all your friends and peers oh, on Instagram. No. So Ugh. it was, and this is happening every day. This is happening every day, and mm -hmm. this is why I commit my life to serving those people. Right. And, but to answer that question, the reason why I say mentality was the hardest part was because, yeah, the pain was one thing. I was feeling the pain, mm -hmm. but I had more greater pain in my mind yeah. because I literally believed that all I equaled as my self-worth was that pain. Mm -hmm. I literally believed that that injection was all I was. I believed that those tubes in my chest was all I was. Yeah. So therefore, those things were secondary, but the way I felt about myself was primary. Right, for sure. So my self-worth was in the can. Yeah. My wanting to live in the can. My friends and family, they tried their best, but I didn't believe anything they said. Right. And honestly, they couldn't really give much in their own power because it's, it's very hard to help that. Very. All they can do is give... Yeah, even... All they can do is just give their love and support. Right. And the rest is actually up to the person in the bed. Ah. It's up to the guy or the girl or the yeah. person in the bed. And when you don't have the proper tools, right. it's very hard to see a light outside of that. For sure. And so with the mentality comes depression, comes anxiety, mm -hmm. comes PTSD, comes suicidal thoughts. Yeah. On top of the feelings of injections, right. I had needles in my spine 24-7. I had 
tubes in my chest. I, I had no hair, chemotherapy, everything. And despite of the, the physical pain, mm -hmm. the emotional and mental pain was so much greater. Because it provided something that was like a huge demon mm -hmm. that actually left a cage that I was isolating for 18 years. And so when that demon left the cage, yeah. I was lucky enough to have someone like my coach yeah. and have beautiful people like Jordan Chase and then my wonderful aunt, my mom, my dad, this support system right. that I didn't reach out to, they came to me. Mm -hmm. And that's where I say the faith was a part of it. And that's honestly where I believe my brother, mm -hmm. my brother and God and you know whatever we believe in yeah. set that up because the way it worked out in the mindset that I was in and in the physical reality I was yeah. in, there is like no point of where that should have just happened. No. It's unheard of. Right. It's unheard of to have that many steps line up. And then for my coach to take a chance on someone without him even knowing really, yeah. and then that kid turning out to be who I am now. Amazing. You know? Yeah. So for all of that to line up and come yeah. full circle, I don't see any other answer than it just being God faith and my path and my journey and my reasoning and kind of cam being like a torch or mm -hmm. someone to guide me on this path and saying like no mike yeah. you are living i need to go you need to stay here you have a purpose you have a mission but i'm handing you my life to carry it on to others is that what kind of got you through like the worst of worst days when it comes to those? like what what gets you through that when you're by yourself alone depressed beaten up don't know much of anything else really right at that yeah. point i would assume yeah. yeah definitely right um how do you get through that because that seems like i'm trying to what i'm trying to do right now is understand and as well as i can because there's walk a mile in somebody's shoes right i'm trying to empathize right and understand and put myself in those shoes to kind of figure out how i can understand what you went through and how other people can definitely right so with that, how do you get through like those days? Like, is that that was the driving force? Like, to be honest you with you, on it? yeah, for sure, please. So, I didn't get through those days. Those days stayed. What I did do was I numbed them. What I uh, did do was I didn't pay attention to them. Yeah. Rather, I distracted myself. I would go on my video games. I would eat a lot of sugar. I'd have a lot yeah. of bad foods. <laughs> I'd have coffee, pop. Anything and mm. everything to just take away the feelings okay. of what I was feeling in myself. Very short-term stimulants. That, yes. Yeah. Now, the actual solution wasn't from that. Mm -hmm. The actual solution was actually looking at that demon straight in the face and actually beating it. Mm -hmm. Like actually seeing, why is this even here? Right. Why is this even in me? How can I change it to something else? Yeah. How can I make it into something better? Something that's right. going to actually benefit me. And that's where my coach helped me so much. So Christians, take me through his role. Like, how did that kind of get started? You said... Um, he was my older brother. Right. He was my older brother. And he was the guy that was able to say, when everyone else was telling me and every other thing was telling me, you are a kid in the hospital bed, he was the one that told me, you are more than just a kid in the hospital bed. Mm -hmm. When I got every test result back... And everyone coming in my room and telling yeah. me how sick I was. He was the one that was telling me, Mike, you're going to get jacked. Right. He oh, was yeah. the one telling me, Mike, you're going to play basketball. Yeah. He was the one telling me, Mike, I want you to visualize and feel how it's going to be when you leave this place. Amazing. That's his role. 
like showing you that there, hey man, there is exactly a better place exactly. you can be. And before, when I didn't yeah. have that, all I knew was, hey Mike, your test results are bad, so we got to put you on this new medication. Yeah, and you need hey, side Mike, effect medication yeah. for the. Yeah. Hey Mike, you know you're growing a lift note in your neck. We think it may be cancerous. We're just going to cut it open. Okay, cool. But you know, I just I was an open book. Yeah. And honestly, a lot of people in that situation have to be open books because we I are mean, so desperate to just wanting to have some relief. Literally some glimpse of light. So, some relief crack, yeah. that anything that is given, whether it be 100% a solution or not, All if right. there's a 50% chance that it may help us, we will do it. Yeah. And when I had my coach, and instead of giving me medications, and by no means am I... Like, I'm not against it. Right. I do believe they serve a purpose, but it's to the point where that purpose is done and then you have to find something else. Mm -hmm. You know? You have to find something else rather than just numbing and having that same effect of where you just yeah. get repeat. That comes to the point where you got to ask yourself, are you satisfied with yeah. how it makes you feel? Right. Right? And so my coach telling me, Michael, you're going to play basketball. That was my biggest goal. Amazing. Ever since I was young, because yeah. I'd always watch other people around me. Hey, they're playing basketball. I can't do it because mm -hmm. I have arthritis. I'm four foot ten. Yeah. Can barely hold my back up. I don't think I'll even live another year. So I'm not even gonna try. But when my coach was telling me in the bed, yeah. "You're gonna play basketball." Mm -hmm. Number one, I didn't believe him. But I mean, how could you, right? Uh, yeah. But yeah. number two is I had this this connection with him yeah. where. It was something different than what I was already being fed right. in the regards of it was actually something that was uplifting yeah. rather than decreasing. Mm -hmm. And that goes all the way back to the mentality part. Right. That's why I said the hardest battle is the mentality part. Mm -hmm. Because you're not only feeling how messed up you are. Right. You're not only feeling injections. You're not yeah. only feeling chemotherapy. You're not only feeling tubes in your chest. Mm -hmm. You're actually feeling depression. Yeah. You're feeling these thoughts, these demons that are literally eating at you where you don't believe you could be anything greater than just in a hospital bed. Mm -hmm. You have that combined with the other stuff that you have to deal with with regards to the pain, the physical pain. Interesting, yeah. And when the solution came of Christian saying, you're more than just a kid in a hospital bed, it gave me a reason mm -hmm. to actually want to implement different things right. and do different things. Whatever way it may, it may be. It's just like what I said. Even if there's a risk of 50%, we will take it mm -hmm. because we just want to get out of this situation. Right. And even if that's death, right. and I'm being 100% with you, if someone yeah. said to me in that moment, and I've had it said to me before, Jeez. are you, you're going to die, I would be like, okay. I mean... What I, I expected this. Yeah. What do you mean? I I knew this all along. Look at my brother. Yeah, He's already like, gone. That's kind of the outcome. That's, that's already set. That's already yeah. set. But when Christian said to me, more than just kid in the hospital bed yeah. it was like wow that's so much more uplifting and more powerful than just you have ipec syndrome mm -hmm. you have arthritis your t-cells are low right you're having a very hard time with your kidneys your kidneys may fail mm -hmm. it's very different you hear that and then you hear you're more than just kid in the hospital bed yeah or you hear you're gonna be playing basketball right the complete opposite end of yes. what you've been hearing for exactly decades and the one thing i want to make clear is these things are Facts. These things are facts. Mm -hmm. This is also facts, though. Right. They are both facts, but it's you get to you choose which right. way you go. Isn't that crazy, dude? It is. That you can just, you can kind of choose what you want to do and then manifest that into something like that. Yes. But 
What I'm curious, as you say that, and you say kind of the role, and so what I'm taking from that is Christian was kind of the stepping stone in the beginning that kind of implemented the hope into, hey, man, these are like, let the light shine through the cracks in the wall, right? And you're able to see that. And he was kind of the, from what I hear, is the first kind of glimpse into there could be something much greater than just this time in the hospital, right? Yes. Now... What was the beginning of the, in terms of medical related, right? What was kind of the beginning of that light Day shining one. through? Day one. Like, yeah? What do you mean? Like, you mean solution? Or yeah, just... exactly. That's what I'm saying. Okay, yeah. so medical, I would say, if I'm being honest, I wouldn't say that they ever provided me a solid solution. I would say it provided me some short-term relief Mm. i would say it gave me relief like when i had um very bad arthritis and i took tylenol or i took advil or i had injections in my hips it gave me relief right but i would always have to resupply on that relief Mm -hmm. so was it a solution no because i was always resupplying right the solution was when i was able to take those feelings I would get from that brief relief and take it into a full solution on my own end, which came from, okay, I really like how it feels when I don't have pain. How can I make this happen more frequently? Mm -hmm. How can I make this be a priority in my life? Right. How can I have this feeling all the time? You know, how can I have this thing be my primary thing? Right. Now that's not to bash any of that. Mm -hmm. That's just my own experience. Right. And I found that all like I was on 30 medications day and night. I probably had over 150 surgeries within 18 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I had countless, countless different tests, x-rays and such like that. And those things do, they, they can help. Mm-hmm. But as far as a long-term solution, like what I have now, it didn't happen until I switched it. So you almost think it so mentally is where you started to think differently about the situation you're in and that was really the driving force. I started to think differently, which then I acted differently. Ah. That's the thing. So you built better habits. And I built better habits. I built better beliefs. I actually started to implement things that made me more confident. Amazing. Made me more happy. I started to mm. dream up things rather than just being okay with, ah, I'm just going to die. Yeah, you kind of settle into this preconceived role that people are allowing you to believe well no i'm allowing myself to believe yeah it's not other people it was never other people and the shift came from when i took what other people gave to me Ah, okay yeah so i had countless people help me throughout my 18 years i did multiple doctors multiple nurses multiple Mm -hmm. people give me advice say mike you know you should be drinking some water hey mike you know maybe if you stood up a little bit that could help you did I do it? No. Right. Reason why I didn't do it though is because I still had uh, held on to I am just a sick kid. Mm-hmm. I am going to die. Therefore, this little brief exercise doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. So I didn't have a reason to even change any of that. All right. Well, so, what you? so I, it took someone like Christian to yeah. give me a reason, where he said, "You're more than just a kid in the hospital, but also you're gonna get jacked. You're gonna play basketball. Yeah. You're gonna be able to drive." You're going to be able to do normal things. Yeah. That was a huge reason compared to, ah, you know, you might have to get a kidney transplant two years. Or, you know what, you got to go through a bone marrow transplant. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, you know what, we got this new medication. We don't know if it'll work, but it may work. Right. 
Two different things. There this is. reason was so much greater yeah. than these reasons. And that's when the shift happened. And interesting enough is my brother never had a reason. My brother for his full 10 years never was told anything I was given. Jeez. It was the regards of, hey, Cam, you know what? You can be in the military. Hey, Cam, you know what? You can play hockey. Mm -hmm. Hey, Cam, you know what? Yeah, you want to play football? Who cares about your height? You can do it. No one was doing that. Mm -hmm. And that's not to blame anyone. That's just how the circumstances and what everything was showing us was showing. Jeez. And so when Christian came out of the box and he said yeah. completely opposite. Right. Something you've never heard of anybody say to you. That's yeah. that's what shifted. That's what needed Jeez. to be said. And that's what changed everything. Huh. So, Michael, in terms of medical, what I want to know is, do you ever feel in the like few years you've kind of been, as you kind of get away from that stage, how do you... Um, do you feel medic medical like medically that they kept you there like they would they wanted you to stay there no. like they would give you treatment no. No. like what's your opinion on just kind of how the medical believe, system was I believe so number one I'll say is I don't believe any individual ever did anything to harm me ever right no never I Absolutely don't believe not. that for right. a second what I do believe though is that the system has a lot of flaws Okay. That's what I believe. Yeah. I don't believe that individuals actually were trying to keep me there. No. But I do believe the system has a lot of flaws. So you think, yeah, so no personal intent no. was to keep you no. there. And the only way I could right. leave was from myself. So yeah. even if someone was trying to keep me there, it's not their... They can't do that. Right. I have to allow them to keep me there. That's which, true, yeah. if that was the case, I was allowing them. But it wasn't. I honestly just believe that my life is being sick. Mm -hmm. My second home is the hospital. Therefore, I got my house in the hospital. Therefore, my friends, my family, the doctors, yeah. the nurses. Therefore, anything outside of that doesn't really matter. So I do not believe that I was ever kept there. Right. I just believe that I needed different options. Yeah. And until I got those different options is when I actually had my success. Now, nobody... You said it was a personal... You said it was... Betty, who introduced you to yes. uh, Christian? So Betty personal is personal related. Like nobody in the hospital reached no. out to different. No, no. Interesting. No. So it's all but kind they, of treatment. No, but they but, did. That's what they, I'm trying to wrap my yeah, head around. They, yeah, they had, like, they had therapists. I had great therapists. I had yeah. great doctors. Okay. I had people that were giving it their all. Mm -hmm. But the actual help that I needed for my own specific needs right. didn't come from them. It came from Christian. Yeah. And that's the thing I'm saying. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. So the shift actually came from outside of that. Right. So even though people were trying their best to give whatever they had in their own power to give, mm -hmm. it came from outside of that. Right. And, you know, we can get into it, but there is a lot of things that need changing. Yeah. There is a lot of things that isn't really talked about. And there is a lot of things that goes on that is, uh, is very, very hard to work with when you're trying to get better. Okay. But then again, that isn't anyone's fault. Right. That is just how it's built. Mm -hmm. That is what the system is. That is what the yeah. hospital and everything is built, right? Well, I want to ask you that, okay? You have a magic wand. Yep. You wave it and you say, okay, I'm going to fix blank to, from what your experience was, the medical industry. Mm-hmm. Wave magic wand, poof, you change blank. What is the one thing? You said there's many things you could change. 
if you had the ability to do one, like change support. one. Yeah? How so? Support and coaching. Support and coaching. When you're in there, you are not really shown anything outside of there. Yeah. You are shown through media, through TV, through people coming in and out that there is something out there, but you're not actually told. Right. There was not one doctor that ever told me, hey, Michael, you know what? You're more than just a kid in the hospital bed. Mm-hmm. Never. And that's not to bash anyone. Right. That's just, it didn't come from that avenue. It came from my coach. Mm-hmm. And the thing I would say that needs the most improvement is the way that it's actually functioned. Mm-hmm. When you're in a bed, and this is where like there's a lot of different crisscross about it, but... The way I come about it is, first of all, you're trying to pump yourself, right? Right. If you want to get nutrients and you want to get things moving in your body, you got to move. Facts. When you're in a bed 24-7. You're not moving. And not moving. No. But yet you're getting bed sores. You're getting inflammation in your ankles. Your neck isn't able to function, so therefore you have to have a, p- a pillow to hold you up. Oh, uh, yeah. When you have all those things... I would change something there. Mm-hmm. I would make it literally mandatory on the regards of, hey, how are you feeling today? Do you think that we could just try, just try, and get you up, just walking up and down the hall mm-hmm. for maybe five minutes? Five minutes walking. Five minutes. minutes. And then slowly. And then on top of that, I want you to do deep breathing while you're doing it. Uh, yeah. Now, they do do that. Yeah. They do. But it, is it pushed? It's, it's, uh. it's something where it's like, hey, do you want it? And honestly, the state that you're in, you don't want it. Right, you don't want to do anything. You don't want to do anything. So when uh, when they come to your room, yeah. yeah, when they come to your room, and they and of course, there's so many factors. Like some people, I've been in wheelchairs. Sometimes you can't. <laughs> Sometimes you can't be up and moving because mm-hmm. you're literally in a chair. Right. You're literally your legs don't function, your arms don't function. Mm-hmm. But what can you do with that? And the way that I come with that yeah. is a reason. Right. A reason to do the toughest things when everything else around you is showing you you shouldn't yeah you know when my coach told me michael i want you to sit up tall and i want you to do deep breathing i didn't want to do it i didn't i didn't care to and what happened was he was like okay you don't care do you care about basketball i go yeah he goes okay well you're gonna do this then and i did it and then gradually incentives things got better Right? Right. Now, I don't think it's anyone's control in the medical field Mm -hmm. as far as doctors and nurses. It's the system as a general thing. There's no role. Like above that. Right. And to expect people who are in that to do this hard weights Mm -hmm. is very unfair. It's very unfair. Because first of all, it has to come from the patient. Yeah. It has to come from the person in the bed. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, you can't expect that these people doing it for you will do it for you, right? right. If you know what I mean. Like it, you can't expect someone to say, hey, I'm going to stand up for you. I'm going to drink water for you. And I'm going to do deep breathing for you. Therefore, you're going to get better. No, that doesn't work. It's right. you got to do those things. But why are you going to do those things? Why are you going to do those things? What are those things going to get you? Yeah. Where are they going to put you? Where, what's going to benefit you? What's going to happen when you do that, right? Right. And that's where the whole thing about the goal, the mm-hmm. reasoning comes in. Right. So 
if I had to change one thing, is really it's not even down to treatment or anything. It's down to the whole vibe, yeah. the whole energy of even being in hospitals. Right. Where you're constantly just shown everything that is wrong. You're never shown opposite. Mm -hmm. And the only way you're shown opposite is if you have friends and family come out mm -hmm. from the outside. Yeah. Which now, because COVID, it's even harder to do that. Yeah, and you're... Um, um, or you have social media, which yeah. is a whole nother battle yeah. because you can't really control what you see. If you go yeah. look for it, you can, but you're going to see all your friends, your peers, partying, yeah. everybody life. doing everything you'd want to be doing, versus but you can't what you're doing now, but you can't you physically can't. Yeah. And then on top of that, you're in a hospital where you're surrounded by four walls yeah. and those are the walls you see every day. And then your best friend is the nurses that come and visit you, which are amazing Yeah. because the nurses, I'm telling you. The nurses and doctors, they are a huge reason why people are okay to even be in a hospital. Right. To have that actual companionship and friendship. Like, I still, there's been mm -hmm. countless nurses and doctors that have done so much for me yeah. just by saying hello, mm -hmm. just by coming into our room and talking to us, right. just by saying, Michael, how's your day going? Or, hey, can mm -hmm. I get you something? Yeah. Or, hey, you watch the Raptors games. Yeah, just little things like that, eh? That stuff means the world. And that's what the highest thing, in my opinion, that ever gave me hope that they provided. Right. When I had the nurses who I love dearly come in and check on me and make me feel actually, like, loved. Mm -hmm. In the regards of, like, outside where all I saw was my friends on Instagram mm -hmm. and social media just parting it up. I had these people who literally dedicate their lives to serving these people yeah. come in on their own time and actually say, yeah. how are you doing? Hey, Michael, can I bring you something? Hey, Michael, nice. did you watch the Raptors games? Him, that stuff, right? Yeah. So I wouldn't say that there's a specific thing in there that mm -hmm. needs to be changed. I would say there is something that you need to grow upon. Right. You know, there is things. Like, there is therapists. There is things. If you want it, mm -hmm. you can do it. Mm -hmm. If you want to grab a cane and you want to walk up and down your hall, someone will provide that for you. And someone will show you. Right. If you want. Yeah. The part that is missing is the want from the people who are in the bed because they don't believe they can have anything else. Yeah. They don't believe that, hey, I can actually do something. Or, hey, this is temporary, and I actually have a life outside of the hospital. Right. Or, hey, I watch my friends right now on social media and Instagram and stuff partying. I can do that one day. Mm -hmm. It's a very small belief, but it's right. in there. The problem is that it's not grown. I see it's saying. not grown. Yeah. And then, therefore, without that belief, you don't take the action to get there. No, and it isn't manifested. Yes. Right. And then the reason why I feel so blessed is, in my knowledge, I've been the only one that's been able to do that. Mm -hmm. So now I am the greatest example to show with these kids. You're the outlier. I'm the, the outlier. Yeah, of the 50. What kids. I can show, and what I can be to show what they can become. Jeez. Is that, so that not the coolest thing, though? Is that not it's amazing? So fulfilling. That's why I said, dude. like, my story's been a hell of a fight, but it's been yeah. a hell of a win. For sure, dude. It's, it's been, like, like, I tell this all the time. My, my <laughs> greatest loss has turned into my greatest win, mm -hmm. and it's still providing me wins. And my greatest yeah. loss was losing my little brother. And it's still creating wins. Yeah. Same with IPEC syndrome and all that stuff. I know now, I not only know, like I have a, I have a good experience in health now, like I've mm -hmm. studied it and I've become a coach, but I also know what it's like to be in the bed. Right. I know what it's like to receive treatment. 
I know what it's like to have no one hitting you up. Yeah. I know what it's like to have tubes in your chest. Yeah. So I have both sides. But it was only because I had to go through that mm-hmm. to now have the side I have now. Interesting. Yeah. That makes sense. What I think is interesting to me, and I, lo- I love that you use the word fulfillment, because I think there's... I think at the end of the day, that's what we're all searching for. Mm-hmm. I think how we do it, whether we connect through different people, right, and like-minded individuals, mm-hmm. and however we do that and we grow. Yeah. I think our purpose is to grow, but yeah. we all search for that sense of fulfillment, right? And I think that you having it, like having an amazing sense of fulfillment now from what I'm hearing, and then seeing how it's kind of, it's only grown, like, dude, you're young as shit. Like, it's crazy. And I'm so thankful. It's yeah. amazing. Dude. It it's is. the craziest thing in the world. And I think something that I want people to be aware of, I want people to, like, look at photos of you. Because I have had friends who smoked for 10 years, quit, and then a year. And they do, like, a lot of comparative photos, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Before and after. Mm-hmm. But, if we're trying to be trendy, right? Mm-hmm. But I've seen friends who they're in weddings and they're over 400 pounds. Mm-hmm. And then now they're like 168 and mm-hmm. jacked. You're like, yeah. are these crazy things happening? Yeah. I've never seen a transformation as incredible as the one you've made. Thank you. And I don't mean that in just physical. Thank I mean you. that as in, you said you weren't supposed to be able to talk no. and you weren't walking. And then for me to hear that and that you've only recently like dude to see how much somebody and just like the a lot of what i'm saying is not so much from watching videos and researching you but from talking to people who are in your close circle or people who know you or know of you Mm -hmm. and they're going hey man he's only really been like diving into like the skills like the social skills for like three four five years right Mm -hmm. so me hearing that and me going you speak better and you're way more articulate than a lot of 30 year old (laughs) friends of mine is something that thank you to this day i will not thank you understand and i think that my friend i have to compliment you on that immediately thank you i like i can't let that go like you so much i need to shout that out because i think there's something huge to be said for wanting to get better at a skill or just want do something and you're just at the end of the day right you're probably just searching for that sense of fulfillment right like you're yeah. doing it based on your experience and my code Korean, right my code that's it amazing code. Yeah. so in doing that and then the skills that you've gained and not just gained but exceeded in terms of having like you're very articulate you speak very well thank you and i'm like mm, that speaks better than <laughs> i do I'm 25 i've been speaking <laughs> for you, 20 man. for x amount of years thank it speaks you, better than i do Thank you. Do you read a lot? Like, how how has that been for you? Like, what's that? Let's talk about that. Like, that social kind of linguistic stuff. Like, how does that, how's that been for you? So, I believe this to be true. And I believe that we reflect what's inside us. So, with regards to the fuel we put in our body, Mm -hmm. right? Whatever we eat, we're going to reflect that. If we're eating McDonald's all the time, we're going to have a lot of fat. We're going to have a lot of inflammation, yeah. and we're going to also have a lot of bags under our eyes and probably not feel as well, right? Mm-hmm. If we're eating healthy living foods, like salads, nice chicken, proteins, getting the right amount of things for your specific needs, yeah. you're going to reflect that too. Right. You're going to have muscles, you're going to get an ab, you're going to get abs, you're going to get a six-pack, whatever you want to say. The same goes for the way you feel. Right. So if you're feeling depressed, yeah. sad mad 
irritated. I'm a firm believer that that will reflect mm-hmm. in one, how you talk to others, and also two, in actually your physical, the way you look, yeah. the way you feel to others, your vibe, your presence. And I'm sure that gives you confidence to, everything's reps, right? So I'm sure that gives you confidence to want to yes. like speak more and go to more people and like yes. the more people you're able to kind of interact with, yes. you need those skills to be definitely like sharp. Definitely. Right? So. But the reason why I was bringing that up is... Now, this is a whole nother part of it, but... Amazing. I literally, because of my beliefs and because of my reasoning with myself, Mm -hmm. I didn't believe I was going to live. So, therefore, did I ever put any effort into school? No. No. Zero. I I would go to high school when I was healthy enough, Mm -hmm. when I could, and I would be shooting basketballs in the gym during a math class that I should be in. Was it because I wanted to avoid math no to an extent probably to an extent but it was because i didn't care i didn't think i would ever need math man i'm gonna die in three years why does that matter yeah i can count to three yeah Yeah, really why does that matter you know what during this time just like i said about the medications and the pops and everything i'm going to play basketball because during this small time of playing basketball it gives me a short period of relief of fulfillment Mm-hmm. So therefore, me going to math class and actually trying to learn something isn't a high priority of mine. Right. Because I'm in, I'm going to be just dead anyways. So yeah. therefore, I don't need to really pay attention to that. Let me just enjoy what I have right now. That's what right. I would do. So the reason why I brought that up is up until I met Christian, I was not intelligent at all. Not because I wasn't intelligent, but because I never picked up those tools and used them. Mm-hmm. You know, I never went out of my way to actually go to classes. Right. I was often late for my classes because I didn't care. Yeah. And also because I had arthritis through the roof. So therefore, I would care more about the pain of the arthritis for sure. than, oh, I got to go learn some English. Yeah. And when I met Christian and we started to draw up my plan and what I wanted to do, and we were saying, oh, Mike, you know, you want to play basketball? Well, in order to play basketball, you got to communicate. Mm-hmm. When you're on the court, you got to say, hey, screen left, screen right. Do you know what right and left means, Mike? Sort of. Yeah. Like, that's how bad it was. Yeah. So when we kept on doubling up on my wants and yeah. my reasons, we kept on doubling up on, as well, what I had inside me, Amazing. which then reflected yeah. to now what I have now. And I'm still growing on it. I still have a lot more work to do. Mm. But I've implemented reading. I didn't read my first book fully till I was 18 years old. Jeez. Till I was 18 years old. And the first book I ever read fully was Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. Nice. And the reason why... Great book. I know. But the reason why that was so big was because it was actually something I had interest in. Yeah. I was actually hopeful and I had faith that me reading this book would make me better. Would make me in that mindset that I need to be in order to play basketball. Yeah. In order to one day actually have a business. Mm -hmm. To actually own a business, use a business, be an authority figure, you know? Mm -hmm. But up until I had that point, I never cared. Right. So the action steps I've taken is I've read books. I've done multiple courses. I've made sure that I've been on my grind with reading, with writing, journaling, meditating, speaking. All of which are super underrated, right? Everything. Yeah. Everything. Because I needed to get to this point in order to do like a podcast like this. Yeah in order to even speak with you, mm-hmm. in order to be around people in general. Yeah. If we put myself eighteen when I was 18 years old at the point of when I was 20, 
we swapped roles real quick, when I got asked to go to Five Cent City, I would be a shit show. Yeah. And I was. Actually, the first year I went, I couldn't even hold my head up. Jeez. I couldn't even... Christian had to... First of all, they had to put an umbrella over my head because I was on medications that so if I was sun. in the sun... Come on, yeah, man. I, I was in... I was at Five Cent City... And if I was in the sun for a brief moment, I would get blisters on my skin because I was on a medication Jeez. that would literally react that way. So coming back oh, to the whole education man. part, I've taken I've taken yeah. the steps needed in order to be able to be like this. But it all came from number one, my reasoning, yeah. like me knowing me reading books mm -hmm. and getting more better at writing and doing more courses was making me a better suit to now help kids in hospitals. Mm -hmm. It also made me more primed of being more confident, being able to have friends, being around girls, being around all that stuff that I always desired from when I was younger that yes. I never had. So therefore, everything else was a prime tool to use to attach to that want, right? right. And then when I got my coach saying, hey, Mike, I want you to take this core. I was like, bet, let's do it. Let's do nice. it. Because I knew this course was number one in my hobbies. Yeah. It was regarding business. Yes. And it was going to make me better and get me closer to my goals. Mm -hmm. But before that, I didn't have that. So when I would hear on my announcements or the parents tell me, hey, Mike, why weren't you at math class? I didn't care. Yeah. I didn't care. What was math doing for me? Back then, all I thought was I was going to be dead. Yeah. So am mm -hmm. I going to play basketball or do math? When I'm going to be dead in two years. Yeah. Probably basketball. Basketball for sure. Yeah, for probably sure. basketball. So, therefore, that's how I lived my life for 18 years. But the moment I decided to want to get better, I had to do that hard work. Very hard work. Every day still, I wake up, I journal. Mm -hmm. Every day I wake up, I do courses. I make sure I read. I make sure I'm doing meditations. I make mm -hmm. sure I'm doing affirmations. I have literally a ritual or a pattern, whatever you want to say, a routine that I do every morning that I've done ever since I was in the hospital bed. Yeah. And ever since I started in the hospital bed, it's expanded. It went from just doing, hey, Mike, you're going to do spinal exercise. It went from being, hey, you're going to do spine exercise, you're going to do pumping exercises, and you're going to do stretches. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Mike, you're going to just journal one page. Mike, you're going to actually do five pages of journaling. You're going to write about how you're feeling, what you're going to do, where you're going to be. Write it. Every single day, mm -hmm. whether that be me on my phone typing it, whether it be me in my journal, whether it be me actually speaking about it, coaching yeah. myself, I'm doing it. And that's how I've been able to actually get this. Mm -hmm. And it all came from the reason and the proper coaching and the proper wanting of that thing. Uh, okay. So that fascinates me. And one of the things that a few people told me kind of that stood out in terms of business, okay, I heard a rumor, <laughs> all right, from a plethora of, okay. of people, if you will, dude. Okay. So you were, there's a time, and I'm, I'm not quite sure specifically on the time frame yeah. that this took place, but you were physically unable to walk, but you were selling shoes <laughs> yeah. out of your hospital I was, bed. I was. Yes. That's probably the most gangster thing <laughs> I've ever heard. Thank you, man. Like, Appreciate that. And that's like saying something. Like that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> like take me through that, dude. Like how Well does, you're right. Like, you're right. I so the reason that I started selling shoes was as you know, my biggest value was basketball. Mm -hmm. And sneakers and basketball kinda go hand in hand. Yeah. You know, you, you watch NBA, the guys always got nice kicks. Custom shoes. They yeah. always got collabs. Amazing. They always, you know, so yeah. it's, it's kind of correlated with each other. 
So, because I was so in line with my values with regards to basketball and sneakers, mm -hmm. I was always known as the guy that had nice sneakers. Right. A lot of my connections and friends leading up to the point of where I decided to get better was just from this guy has nice sneakers. He knows about sneakers. Yeah. He's got really good clientele and shoes. He knows what he's doing with shoes. So, when I graduated high school and all my peers were going to college and university and I couldn't because I was preparing for a bone marrow transplant, I mm. was blessed and fortunate enough that from my wonderful teachers and wonderful people around me, yeah. they nominated me for scholarship awards. Amazing. Which then I won four scholarship awards. Mm -hmm. And with that money that I got from those awards, I started to say to myself, I really like sneakers. Why don't I just start selling them? Instead of just collecting them, why don't I just start selling them? It'll be perfect because I can't get a job yeah. and I'm going to be in a hospital all day so I can literally just post them up on Facebook, Instagram, and then be able to sh sell them from there mm -hmm. and maybe meet up with a couple people on the way back from my hospital visits, Amazing. which is what I did. Yeah. And that was another crucial piece of why I'm even here today because that came down to a reason. Mm -hmm. That was another reason for me to stay alive. I knew, wow, I may feel really shitty right now. But I can get on my phone and I can take some really good pictures of shoes. Mm -hmm. And I know when I post these shoes up, I am not only feeling good about it, but I also have other people reaching out to me, which was something I lacked for so long. Right. It was that connection and belonging. So when I was in the sneaker community, I felt that connection and belonging. Yeah. Because not only were they reaching out to me, they would come visit me. They would message me, Mike, how you doing? Hey, Mike, you know, you got, we got the Jordan 1 mochas in. You want to come see him? Nice. Sure. Just... Stuff like that. Yeah. And that kept me going. Mm -hmm. And then what happened was it led to a road where sneaker selling was amazing, but I knew I was, a, I was capable of so much more. Right. Which was when then I started to really work on myself with regards to my body, my mind, and getting myself prepped in to be who I am now to mm -hmm. be able to be the best example for that crowd in hospitals. Amazing. But it started, like the entrepreneurship um, journey started yeah. from when I was 18. I won a bunch of scholarship awards used that money, went to Nike outlets, nice. went on Facebook Marketplace, yeah. bought a bunch of sneakers, created a very small, ugly logo, called it Mike's Closet, and I sold sneakers for two years. Nice. And then from there, I sold over like 100 different pairs. Jeez. I had over 700 connections, and I still have connections. And now my buddies who own sneaker stores in Hamilton, we're working on stuff together. We're helping each other out. We're like brothers. That's amazing, But it's come man. full circle, yeah. right? And that goes back to everything happening for a reason, yeah. right? And without that being the case, I wouldn't be here. Jeez. That's probably, like, the coolest thing, man. Like, that's... Thanks, man. that's man, it's just so wild for me to think... Thanks. Just how you're able to do that with whether it be just... You're finding what you wanted to do and what you knew like it must have been so different to switch your mindset to no longer short-term thinking right because like i don't need to do math me i use math every day i'm dividing fractions like every like 12 minutes right with measuring tapes and whatever yep. right i'm yep. like i have three eights plus like three two sixteenths what is that like, you know so yeah. i'm doing like i'm dividing fractions thinking i'm yeah. never using math trying to calculate angles to build walls yeah. like all this stuff that i never thought i'd use yeah. but it's all comes back to the long-term goals right 
versus the short term where you're like, oh, I'm not going to use math. Well, now you got to count your money, dude. Now you got to divide. Like I got to count my tax, money. I got to make sure when I'm helping clients. Yeah. yeah. I got to make sure when I'm helping clients. Okay, they need this amount of water, or hey, they need this amount of reps, or hey, yeah. they need this amount of weight. Right. The percentages of yeah, that. Right. I couldn't do that before. No. And still, I'll be honest. I'm still not a genius at it. Right. Math is no by any sense my strong suit. Mm-hmm. It is better than it was before. And it's serving me at this moment. But yeah, I'm going to still continue to improve on it. Yeah. Same with my English, my speaking, like everything. I've had to just continue to double up on to get me to where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And my closet or my sneaker business was like kind of just the birth of camo. And yeah. what I do now and like my entrepreneurship journey. And then it gave me the experience of working with individuals when who would have known that I would be doing that for the rest of my life. Right. Right. And all that came from was, I'm going to die in two years. I have this money. I need money. So I'm going to flip some shoes to make some money. Nice. And then when that yeah. happens, if I live, cool. If yeah. not, I sold some shoes. I made some money and I could maybe buy myself some more shoes. You know? <laughs> but then it turned maybe. into, hey, you know what? No, I can continue to do this. Yeah. And then I started getting healthier. And it got to a point where that didn't even fulfill me anymore. Right. And then I had to shift that. Okay. So... Speaking of shifting, um, shifting gears to uh, now that you're coaching, right? You're focused on the business and now it's, I'm sure hospital visits are still like, they still happen, but I'm sure they're few and far between, if any, right? I'll tell you this, I can't even go into hospitals right now. Is that not like a bit of that makes you happy? Makes me happy to know. Yeah, like I'm sure, uh, is there not like a bit, a little part of you that like you're just relieved you don't have to... No. Go back? No? I actually want to go back. And I've been trying my hardest to go back and be in there. And there's been a lot of walls to do so. And I know in my own power that I give this analogy a lot. Mm-hmm. And the analogy I say is like, all my life, I was on the bleachers. All my life, I was watching other people shine on the court. Right. Then I met my coach and he came to me on the bleachers and he said, Mike, don't you want to be on the team? Yeah. I said, I would love that, but I don't think I can. We started to practice overtime. Then I made the team. I'm on the team right now, but I'm on the Mm -hmm. bench. I'm on the bench, and I'm waiting, or I'm prepping to be subbed in. No, you're practicing. You're getting Practicing. Yeah. So as far as being in the hospitals, that is me being on the court. That is me actually putting up points on the board. I'm putting up points on the board now, but to a whole other extent, that's what would happen if I was in there. Right now. Right now. Ah, I see, yeah. Okay. So you're kind of going back, but the reason is different. Yes. Right? It's less of a treatment aspect. I'm excited. More of like a, and that's, hey, that's the shift. Come, right? That is the shift. Mm-hmm. Is I'm going through a gap now where I no longer need to right. have people tell me about an x-ray mm-hmm. or tell me about a medication because I'm on no medications. I don't do x-rays. I don't... I Honestly, I'm confident in what i have right now mm-hmm. and i know in my own self because of the results i've been given that my body is fine i don't need meds i don't need surgeries yeah. i don't need so therefore when i go back into hospitals i'm not there to be a patient mm-hmm. i am there to be an assistant yeah. a coach a guide to then allow these kids and these people who don't believe they can be anything be the best example of that amazing and show them that nice. but as far as actually being in there right now I can't. Hmm. 
Dracula real quick. Nice. So, with the that's interesting that that shift has uh, it's very very different. It seems right. It's a productive reason. And now switching gears to with the coaching, you do most of it like not obviously over Zoom or like online. online. I yeah. do. So I do a lot of coaching in person, but a lot of my coaching I do with in person isn't necessary for kids in hospitals. Right. A lot of the people I coach in person are it's interesting because everyone has emotions, right? Right. And sure. I learned this analogy from my coach a long time ago where every situation and every circumstance creates an um, an emotion. The difference is the emotion always stays, yeah. the circumstances, the situations leave. Oh, so okay. when you leave yeah. someplace, but you still have the negative emotions, yeah. that's a cue to check in about what's going on there, right? Huh. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is a lot of the people I help who are in person who aren't in hospitals have the same emotions that people feel when they are in hospitals. Right. Notice the circumstances, the situations are different. Yeah. People feel lack of connection all the time. Lack of belonging all the time, mm -hmm. depression all the time, PTSD all the time, suicidal thoughts, everything. Mm -hmm. Now, are they necessary in a hospital bed? No. Probably not. No. But they still feel the same things. Ah, and what's interesting yeah. is that's how I kind of work or I kind of move. Right. And so when I'm doing that, I'm making sure I'm not only judging what's going on outside, but mm -hmm. I'm judging inside. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy is I even had the purest example with my own life where I was leaving the hospital consistently, mm -hmm. but I still had the same emotions I felt when I was in the hospital when I yeah. went home. So then what happened was when I was at home, I still felt lack of belonging, lack of connection. I still felt depression, anxiety, PTSD, suicidal thoughts. But I wasn't in a bed. Mm -hmm. I wasn't isolated to four walls, right. but I was still feeling those things. So what's the what's the correlator here? Well, I never addressed those four things. Right. I never figured out what's going on with those four things. And so therefore, yeah, the hospital de definitely doesn't help it. No. Hospital doesn't help it by any means. It's, if anything, just times 20 when you're in a hospital and you're feeling those feelings. But when you're outside a hospital, you still feel those feelings. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, me coaching individuals, I go based off that. Now, as I was expressing earlier, I can't go in hospitals right now, right. which is, in my opinion, really bad and really not good. And a lot of stuff that blocks that yeah. is it's just not possible right now. Right. So therefore, the only way that I can reach my audience is through social media, through interviews, through exposure, just trying to get on the floor any way I can, even if I have to find my teammate who's on the bench and take their jersey mm -hmm. and then go on. Nice. Right? Right. That's unfortunately the part I'm at right now. But the part that I'm at is creating the part where I'm going to be at mm -hmm. in a couple years, couple months, you know? Yeah. But I have to keep that same feeling and same emotion as for when I'm in the present circumstance right now. So what I want to know, with all that being said, how do you compartmentalize when you're running, or sorry, using social media as a tool for coaching or for business. Yeah. How do you manage to compartmentalize spending time that's business focused versus spending time that's pleasure focused in terms of like you get down that rabbit hole that we talked about for a while. We went down a bit of when we uh, first like FaceTime, yeah. right? Yeah. A week or so ago. Yeah. 
it's how do you manage that? Like, how do you, because everyone's like, oh, well, I run my business on my, countless people I know, dude. They're like, oh, I run my business on my phone, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, I know what you're doing on your phone. Like, it's yeah. not, how do you compartmentalize those? Those two, like, separate it. Do you, I'm like, not take perfect. Breaks from it or? I'm not perfect, but I do take breaks. I actually mute certain things that I don't want to see. I've had things in my life where it goes back to the emotions. If I get mm -hmm. something where I see something and it made me make me feel a certain way, whether it be sad or not fulfilled, I don't see it anymore. Mm -hmm. But the moment I get stuff that I actually feel uplifted with, mm -hmm. I actually enjoy, I allow myself to see those things. But I usually, the way I go around that is, first of all, like I said, I mute people or yeah. I mute accounts. It has to be done. Has to be done. Yeah. And that's not, first of all, it's not the people's fault that you're muting. No. It's your fault. It's your own fault. In the regards yeah. of, you got to ask yourself, why does that affect you? Yeah, you let it get to you. Why does that hurt you? Why does that make you feel a certain way? And then that's where you work from. Yeah. So the way I motivate with it is, okay, right now, I cannot see this stuff. Yeah. But what is this providing me? Is this making me feel sad? Why is it making me feel sad? Yeah. Why does it make me feel discouraged? Why is it hard for me to look at this stuff? Right. Therefore, I just mute it and I deal with the things that actually pop up when I see it. Yeah. Whether that be yeah. me actually going to talk with my coach, right. whether that be me coaching myself, whether that be me journaling, mm -hmm. writing, writing about it, meditating on it. That's the way I work around it. Mm -hmm. Now, I also set time limits. For sure. So I make sure that every day my phone closes the app when I've gone over an hour. So if I'm over an hour on social media, Brilliant. it closes it. Yeah, so you have to make sure you're I have to make sure. Now it. the only time I go over is I'm very I'm on it a lot because as I said like all of my content is through social media. Right. So my editing, my texting, my direct messages, my connections mm -hmm. are all on social media. So sometimes I will go over. Right. Because I have to write captions, I have to answer DMs, I have to make sure that I'm on top of my business, mm -hmm. but also not going on top of, like you said, the pleasure part right. and the part of where it can be detrimental to your actual progress or growth. For sure. And then therefore, when you let that overtake it, your business doesn't really matter because you're so consumed about these negative things that the business is just secondary, mm -hmm. which you don't want. Right. So I would say the biggest things that I work around that, and honestly, I would recommend it for anyone, especially if you're in a hospital, I wish I knew this when I was in the hospital, that you mute certain accounts, right. you set time limits, and you also make sure that the people and the things you're following give you something in return. If you look at someone's account, and this is where the muting things comes in, yeah. right? You know, you, you know people, we know people who they may post something and we may not like it, right. or we may not really vibe with it therefore yeah. there's no reason to criticize it there's mm -hmm. no reason to give resentment there's right. just a reason to check in with yourself and see why it affects you for sure so therefore you put it on pause you mute it and then you move on to yourself mm -hmm. right? right so i recommend that you set time limits yeah. you also make sure you're following people who give you content or things that you like to see not in a distraction way right but in a way where it's somewhat productive, but it also gives you that like, like a bit of fulfillment. Yes, yeah. you know. So whether that be like I love Gary Vaynerchuk, mm -hmm. I love Tony Robbins, I love multiple people that are in that specific area. Yeah. Which then I watch their content, 
because it gives me uplifting, right? Yeah. Which is kind of what I'm trying to do with my stuff too. Yeah. That's why I post because I'm hoping that people can come back to my posts and feel that same way I feel with others, mm-hmm. right? And then on top of that, if you have a, a screen limit, you'll be able to know, okay, I'm going overboard. Right. I'm going overboard. But then it's your decision to accept that screen limit and move on, mm-hmm. right? Right. And so the way I move with it with regards to like pleasure and business is I make sure that I have those business barriers inbound. Mm-hmm. So I have the time limits. Yeah. I have the muted accounts. I make sure that I'm not spending too much time and energy worrying or dwelling or being critis- critical on like comparing myself to other people, yeah. which is the hardest thing with social media. Facts. So I make sure that I am not allowing those things to block me, mm-hmm. which regards is I'm in my business lane. Therefore, when I'm in my business lane, I am only in this lane. Mm-hmm. And if something else pops up, I have to earn looking at that. Right. I have to earn watching that TikTok. Mm. I have to earn making sure that when I'm doing this, it's not being very productive, but it's giving me a little bit of dopamine hit. Right. right? I have to earn that. But as far as keeping me on social media, is I make sure, okay, Michael, you're on social media, but did you post today? Did you answer those DMs? Did you answer your comments? Did you get back to this person? Yeah, were you engaging? Was I engaging? Right? If not, then I'm disobeying that and I'm in the pleasure spectrum, Mm -hmm. right? Which then, that's a dangerous place to be for a long time because it's kind of like an outlet. And then instead of being two ways, like business and pleasure, you're Mm -hmm. just pleasure. And then that causes issues with your business. So now, as we kind of get to the end, per se, of the show... um, before I get into the final thing I kind of want to go over with you, um, the more I talk to you and the more I hear you say things like just pertaining to what you said and how you're kind of as like very honestly like finger on the pulse for what Thank you. you're doing. No, dude, like Thank very you. welcome. And I hear that and I see it kind of manifesting into something really cool and even just like recently being exposed to kind of who you are and what your story is. Um, I want you to know that as I kind of, I do my research process and it's very unique to how I like to adapt to who my guests are, right? Because you don't want to find out very specifics. You want to leave a lot up to kind of what I want to discover now, but at the same time you want to know. So my strategy is typically like I talk to people who know the person better than I do. Yeah. And every single, the multitude of people that I reached out to who knew who know you was not, it wasn't like, oh, I reached a hundred people who knew. It was how fucking excited they were for me to be talking to you today. And that hit hard for me. That, that. was amazing. I, that. I felt so, so impacted hearing that. And like, just, I could hear the energy and be like, yeah, so I'm getting this person on the no way. No, that's my dude. And I'm like, no. I all love right. it. I, I love dude, it. I swear to God, though. And then the energy goes all the way up to yeah. the I'm like, yeah. oh, man, this is crazy. I, yeah. I'm like, no pressure, dude. I love so, that. I have no pressure on me. You, you're, you're all right. But me, I'm like, all right, let's do this. All right. Hey, man, you, know, you man, killed man, it. Questions, right? So, but I appreciate it a lot, by the way. For but, real? Um, no, you did. What I want to know, kind of, as you get towards the end, I, I needed to tell you that, like the enthusiasm. That makes which, me feel so happy. Man. Dude, I can only imagine it's, it was kind of hilarious to hear just like the casual you know like yeah, buddy, yeah what's going on you know just shooting the chewing the fat shooting the shit whatever you want to call it and then yeah. they go no and i'm like 
right on. You know, it's the best, man. So I just felt like sharing that with you. Just so, oh, that means, you know, like, man, there is an impact you. you're making. I know and a lot of people make is, an impact on you, but thank you. you're making one on people. You, and I just want that, you to be aware of that. Thank you. Because yeah. that, that is something I need to... Because I do, like, everyone has downs, right? I'm not, I'm by no means perfect. Mm-hmm. And I often dismiss what I've already done, right? And I get caught up in things that may not have worked out or things that I want to happen but haven't happened yet. Mm-hmm. And instead of paying attention to the individuals I've been already able to affect or the people I've been able to have in my life already, I get discouraged of the people I haven't been able to have right. or the people I haven't been able to impact. And I know I will. Mm-hmm. And I know it's coming, but to remind myself at this present moment to hear that mm-hmm. just gives me so much happiness and fulfillment. Well, I, so seriously, thank you, dude. You're very, very welcome. Now, as a to kind of end, do you have any last minute, whether it be final analogies or messages or advice or tips or things that you uh, kind of wanna you wanna share? I'm sure we'll do this again in the future once uh, as we can kind of see. Definitely. In like a nice warmer uh, studio, you know, <laughs> nah, you're good, stuff man. like that. I love it. You know, bring Zach back to produce too. <laughs> yeah. It'd be great. Yeah. So, yeah. Right so do you have any uh, last kind of uh, things you want to you want to share? I would say that I hope that after anyone listening to this mm-hmm. and knowing of me, and that's why you telling me those things makes me feel so fulfilled. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, honestly, I'm here and I know this for a reason, and I know my purpose, which is just to show. And be the best example of what anyone can become. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm just by chance targeting individuals in hospitals because I know it's somewhere that is so needed. But in my grand scheme or like my biggest dreams, mm-hmm. my mission is just to be able to have purpose and impact right. and know that when I leave for good, like not mm-hmm. when I was guessing when I was younger, yeah. but I know when my day comes and I leave and I know that I've impacted someone, mm-hmm. that fulfills me and the reason why i bring that up is for anyone listening to this i hope that hearing me speak and listening to what i have to say and also hearing glenn and being able to just be in this atmosphere Mm -hmm. can kind of inspire you and motivate you very much and allow you to also allow yourself Mm -hmm. to think about things that you want to achieve things that you want to do things that you want to have and then really say to yourself that you can do it right you know Mine was, you're more than just a kid in the hospital bed, but yours may be, you're more than just a guy working a nine to five, mm-hmm. you know? You're more than just a kid studying for exams that you don't really know if you want to be in that field, right. you know? And if you can just listen to this and know that, like I said, every circumstance and situation is different, but the emotions are the same. Mm-hmm. Therefore, if you look at the emotions, you can change something as well. Amazing. And the last Amazing. thing I'll say is that just know that the decisions you make today gradually impact the decisions you make tomorrow and the next day, which then lead up into the outcome that you have a month from now, mm-hmm. a year from now, two years from now. But you get to choose what decisions and you get to choose what impact or what motivation mm-hmm. you use to create that outcome down the road. That just so if it's in God's path, it'll happen. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not and that's okay. But you got to go back onto your path and realize why you were on it in the first place and really think about maybe that wasn't meant to be. Right. And maybe there's something or someone even better than that or a different job that I need to be more prepared for than just this one that I was going to settle for. Yeah. And if you can listen to this, 
and know that and feel that, I will be fulfilled. Amazing. And I'm honestly already fulfilled just off hearing what you've told me. Dude, it's... So thank you. Dude, you're like the utmost very welcome. Um, where, uh, so look in the camera, tell everybody where they can find you. Instagram, Michael Brovac, all lowercase. You can find me at camo.ca, C-A-M-O dot C-A. And that's really it. Those are my biggest uh, platforms that I use. Right on. And I would love to be in touch. Anyone. Anyone can message. Doesn't matter. I love to connect with people. Amazing. My yeah. brother, I love what you've been doing. Thank you. I'm so grateful you've been able to share your story with I'm me. And uh, be here, I'm, I'm really stoked I met you today. I know. It's crazy how it worked today. out. Like, yeah, it's, it's great. crazy, man. It's great. And I'm, uh, it, it's ridiculous. But I'm, so I'm really grateful for it. And just keep doing your thing, man. I, will, man. I love it. You I really too. appreciate it. I love you too. I'm grateful. Thank you. Yes, sir. You're the man.